0: Welcome to The Roots Podcast, brought to you from the Training and Equipping Ministry of Chanctonbury, exploring revival, church, leadership and culture. Discover more about our community at chanctonbury.org.uk
1: well, Welcome folks, welcome to the next uh, instalment of The Roots Pod and I'm delighted that I've got here the Reverend Paddy Donovan. Hello Paddy. Hello. <laughs> great to have you here today and if you haven't quite caught up uh, as a church we've been plowing through luke's gospel for the last almost 18 months and we're coming to land at easter and there is a lot to get through Mm. so we're peppering the next couple of months with a few pods here and there uh, just to catch up and today is a cracking passage we'll get into that in a moment it's from luke 18 so grab a bible if you're at home If you're listening in, uh, let's have the text in front of us as we get into it. Uh, But Paddy, we're talking today, uh, learning from Jesus about the power of prayer. And what I'd like to just start off is basically with the honest acknowledgement that as the English church, we're not very good at prayer. We're not like our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world who've been nurtured and weaned and just warrior-like in their prayers. If we're honest, uh, in our churches in this country, we're pretty weak at prayer. So this feels like an awesome topic. Uh, But quick starter for 10. Why do you think we don't have a real legacy and heritage in prayer as English Christians? Yeah, I think it probably goes... Uh, even
0: further than just English Christians, um, one of many answers I'd probably put it down to is the, the overarching overarching disenchantment of Western society, particularly kind of post-Enlightenment, so kind of since the 17th, 18th century, um, in a very like broad zooming out scope. Um, there's been the, the elevating of our intellect and our rational thought, above our trust in God, mm. which means kind of for for humans, for individuals to take control, mm. but that always comes at, at the cost. And mm. that, that control that we've found has come at the expense of all the, the mysteries of faith. Mm. And so again, um, it's kind of harkening back to a lot of my uh, studying with this idea of the disenchantment mm. of society where um, we were, Essentially, all the the modern innovation means we no longer need to rely on God mm. for all those things. And um, what we really see is, uh, well, for starters, people aren't happier. Mm. Uh, people will throw out ideas of like we want the the kingdom without the king. But the issue mm. is like we haven't even got the kingdom. Yeah. Um, but actually, kind of without going too far down a rabbit hole, it has been reducing our faith just to mere morality rather mm. than um, the supernatural life encountering God, mm. like walking with God on a daily basis, walking with the one who is the maker mm. of heaven and earth, not just the, the rule keeper. Or-
1: that's so good, Paddy. Um, thank you. I mean, um, I, I think that's such an important point about what we've been raised and weaned in, in Western culture. Uh, and just looking at our passage today, clearly, Jesus knew we would need to learn how to pray always Mm. and not to lose heart. That's chapter 18 verse 1. Uh, Clearly for every disciple who would follow him, the the temptation to not pray or to give up uh, must be a a powerful one. Uh, It's really interesting, on Sunday we had an incredible testimony Mm. uh, from someone who's been praying with a friend and she was sharing about a 20-year breakthrough that they've literally just experienced as they've been praying over the friend's son who had fallen into all sorts of stuff. But 20 years they've been praying for this breakthrough. And finally it came, it came through. And I was convicted. I was thinking, you know, I'd, I'd probably give up after year four, yeah. year five, year six, year 17, year 18. And these two went at it and really prayed it. Um, So uh, what I'm trying to say is, I think Jesus seemed to know that this would be something Mm. Western culture at this time, but also all disciples would face. And he gives some teaching in this passage, which we're gonna look at now. Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse one, I'm gonna go all the way through to verse 17. Paddy, why don't you read that for us? Luke 18, verse one to verse 17. Are we going to stand for the reading as well? (laughs) Well, we're not in church right now. We're in my office. But um, (laughs) you stand if you want, my friend.
0: (laughs) So Luke 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea... Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Mm. This is the
1: word of the Lord. Yeah, thanks be to God. Mm. Thanks be to God. Uh, Well, Paddy, just as we've been talking about this and considering it, we we feel that Jesus' introduction at the start of chapter 18... Mm. Um, about the need to pray always and not to lose heart is the uniting theme that carries us through Mm. uh, the first parable, the second parable, and then this uh, incident about people bringing babies to Jesus. So um, we're talking about, as we've already said, the power of prayer, persistence in prayer, the need to pray and not to lose heart. So Paddy, just give us a very quick overview. What's going on in this first parable the widow and the judge, the unjust judge who neither feared God or had respect for others. Mm. I think um, when we we read the
0: Gospels, we always have to remember kind of who Jesus is speaking to. So predominantly often he's speaking to those who'd be aware of um, the stories that we now find in the Old Testament as to the revealed ways, laws of God. Um, And so what we find is this judge who is... Unjust. He doesn't um, look after justice. And then as people are hearing this parable that Jesus hears, they, they, they hear that it's a widow. And throughout the Old Testament, the motif of justice is always mm-hmm. um, uphold the cause of the widows, the orphans and the foreigners. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a prime example of um, the person that he's most obviously supposed to be upholding the cause of. Mm-hmm. Um, and this judge isn't doing it. Um, but to put it simply, I think Jesus tells his parable and it reveals to us, reminds us that God is, is not like this mm-hmm. judge. God is not like the one who withholds justice, justice, but rather he mm-hmm. says it explicitly that he will give it. And um, But whereas we see one of these characters as the like antithesis of mm-hmm. who God is, we then see the other side of it, the the widow, the one in which, in many ways is supposed to be an example to us um, to try and, and model our uh, spiritual life afterwards mm-hmm. so even faced with adversity in, in mm-hmm. challenge with this evil judge um, what we see it is the the persistent widow that overcomes and I think kind of um, to take the prescription from it like what do we learn is that it is this enduring long-suffering pursuit of God Um, that we're to to nurture.
1: Mm. That's so good, Uh, and I love how you've um, sort of reminded us of that. Uh, Sometimes, some (coughs) Christians um, can end up veering away from persevering in prayer because they associate this parable being about God and, and so they think to themselves, well, uh, you know, it can't be right. You know, God wants to bring his kingdom. He wants to pour out his blessings. He wants to shower his love. He wants to send salvation on the earth. So, you know, maybe he's done that in Jesus. And we're not like the widow who has to beg God anymore. But I think what I'm hearing you saying is that... Um, This is not so much about the nature of God, but Jesus holding up a contrast and really showing the power of the characteristics uh, inhabited within the widow. Is that right? That she's relentless, she's pursuing. Yeah,
0: I think it definitely... um a friend of mine would always paint this picture of like when when things hold up a mirror of judgment to you mm. and i think when when i really reflected on this it started making me question gosh like how easily um do i reach the end of my patience and endurance mm. in my prayer mm. how quick am i kind of to, to dismiss it um i read it, it kind of harkens back right to the the beginning of luke's gospel many miles away. um we were reading about anna mm. um she's in the temple night and day mm. um and it kind of paints similar, similar pictures of that. Um, I was thinking a good friend of mine, he, he'll make jokes and say his, uh, his favorite prayer, um, his favorite psalm, is Psalm 88. Cause it's unique, cause it doesn't resolve. Mm. And I remember the more I read it, I realized actually the, the good news of Psalm 88 is the way it, it kind of begins. Um, the psalmist recognizes that it's God alone, the one who saves. And God alone is the one who he cries to um, day and night. So it's like just yet another example, another challenge to us to be set apart and different from society, like a society where where everything is immediate and instant mm-hmm. gratification. Mm-hmm. We really have to kind of ask ourselves that challenging question of like, will our faith endure, even in times where we feel as though it is, is silence? Um, and I, I'd probably encourage us and suggest that this is what it would look like for us to both stand firm in our faith, mm-hmm. but also stand firm for our faith as well, Mm, as we mm. patiently endure and and persistently pursue God. Mm.
1: So good, so uh, what I'm getting from that is the picture that what Jesus is saying to persevere in prayer, we need to hammer away (coughs) because we don't associate God with an unjust judge, but when the Son of Man returns, that's Jesus, what he's looking for is people who have such uh, um, relentless pursuit of seeing the world as it is change and be interrupted and inhabited by the kingdom of heaven that he's looking for people who have faith and faith is seeing uh, into the unseen, isn't it? They have such a big vision of mm-hmm. how it should be that they're just relentless in their, yeah. in their prayer life. Night and day, yeah, so good, Patty. Right, so, I mean, the parables are coming thick and fast, so Jesus tells another very challenging parable, if we weren't challenged enough already, about our persistence in prayer. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with the Pharisee and the tax collector?
0: Yeah, I think um, people might say, gosh, you, you lot sound like a broken record, but but yet again, Jesus is is turning the focus back onto the matters of the heart. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, you can do like your own little word study and like add up how much or you can just take it. But you see how how the Pharisee, all the, the focus is like just, <clears throat> he's, he's supposed to be praying to God, but everything mm. is about like, look at all the great things I've done. Mm. But he also defines them all by those around him. Mm. Um, and then you see... Uh, the tax collector, who again, just like the widow was, she's kind of, hes a—he's a caricature for um, evil immorality. Mm. He's like colluding with the very force that God's people are trying to seek um, deliverance and redemption from. Mm. Um, I think I, as I'm as I'm seeing that contrast in it, um, it just kind of harkens back. Um, to, to psalm 51 where david is mm. just grieved in his heart and he and he recognizes and he has this phrase he says you do not delight in sacrifices but rather a broken and contrite heart mm. he's saying actually what god values is someone who no longer runs after the things they want but rather the the things that god wants mm. and um and so what really matters to the tax collector is his attitude towards god mm. he isn't concerned with others because you recognize actually what is the most important thing and kind of like if you want to dip into it like psalm 51 one of the striking things mm-hmm. about it is this is david's response to being challenged and convicted against the all his actions concerning bathsheba and uriah um and he doesn't say i've sinned against uriah mm-hmm. and bathsheba he says i've sinned against god yeah and this is what um kind of just harkens back to it the tax collector knows that he is mm. a sinner needs he's just seeking God's God's mercy
1: so good and and doesn't this just suddenly unlock why the tax collector and the Pharisee parable comes straight on the heels of the widow and the unjust judge in the context of praying always and not losing heart because mm. If we're honest, don't our hearts, as soon as we make a bit of progress spiritually, we can start to feel superior, we can start to feel like, yeah, we're, we're the kingdom must be coming because I've been praying more, I've been fasting, I've been reading scripture, I've been da 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 da, and isn't, isn't just the reality of the work of reformation of our hearts. Mm. That as soon as we make a bit of progress, we we get self satisfied, we get proud, we get superior, and therefore Jesus, after saying, "Come on, you need to be hammering away in prayer night and day," yeah. he then cuts us straight to the heart and says, "Look, you know, it, it's not the it's not the Pharisee, it's not the religious guy, it's not the one who fasts twice a week." He gives, gives, you know, tithes his income, mm. who is justified, but it's the <laughs> tax collector who says, I'm lost without you, Lord.
0: Mm. We kind of see it in you know, the key to it. You find it in, in verse 14. Jesus says this. He says, for all those who exalt themselves mm. will be humbled. Like if we try to, to build ourselves up, it's a futile endeavor. Mm. But he says, whoever humbles themselves, they will be exalted. Huh. And again, I, kind of, I keep going back to the start of Luke's gospel. In, in Zechariah's prophecy, he's, uh, he's speaking about this Messiah. And he has this interesting phrase, and it says, it's, it's the falling and rising. And again, that's kind of jarring when we listen to it, because we always think about the rise and fall of things. But at the heart of um, our Christian faith, is about true life comes after we've laid our life down. Mm, it's cool. like a seed can only grow once it's like planted in the, in the soil and dies
1: come on wow it's so definitely
0: I, mu- I must admit i joke with people all these all these things we're saying all this reformation at the heart um we recognize that it's one thing for us to stand up here and preach it mm. um it's much easier said than done mm. um so we perpetually commend all of you guys uh, for the way in which we see it lived out across mm. the entire body of the church as well. well I, don't know about, I don't
1: know about you, Paddy. I just feel, you know, I opened up the start of Luke's Gospel expecting, you know, signs and wonders, awesome sermons and <laughs> teaching. I just feel like I've got the dentist gleaming spotlight <clears throat> into my heart, oh, exposing all my flaws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, shining right back into the back. And mm. and but you know what? That's how we want to live, isn't it? Lord, we want to be, we want to be so like the tax collector, aware of our utter need of you. Never comparing ourselves to others, exalting ourselves. We want to be so dependent on you, and Lord, how did we ever think that we could depend on ourselves, outside of you? Uh, and so, yeah, just make our hearts pure, make them break them, make them contrite before you, and let us walk in humility. So, Paddy, I mean that leaves us nicely in. Uh, Jesus is just ripping off a couple of parables yeah. and then suddenly there's an incident unfolding. Yeah. And the disciples are pretty um stern that people should stop bringing babies so Jesus can touch them. Uh, what's going on here? Um I
0: think he's he's using this as an opportunity yet again. Um I say that and he's. He's definitely correcting their mistakes, but he's also using it as an opportunity to teach them. He's tried to to elicit it already that our prayer needs to have endurance. We need to have humility. Um, But we also need this boldness, like children. Um, I'm only kind of four years in. My girls are four and one. Um, But they come and ask for what they want and think they need so boldly with such... Confidence that you are the one who can mm. fix things, provide for them, with no consideration for the resources that um, that we have. Um, I think so often we can talk about, like even you, like earthly fathers mm. who have love in your heart and try your best. Mm. Um, yet still, God is so much more. Mm. Um, I can't help but kind of reflect on on the flip side of it. of um, so like I said, my eldest is, is four and she, the last year or so she's entered um, that stage in which she might actually say no when I offer her help and like the pain that it, that it grieves me, mm. um, like the, the, the times in which it kind of, uh, she may hide things from me, that sort of mm. grieves my heart um, and it's not to kind of place, say God is like me, but I think, gosh, God is so much more than mm. me. And I think if this is what me just, like, <laughs> mm. if I feel, how much more does he feel? Um, but that's sort of the shadow side of it. I think the, the main thing is just the, the audacious boldness of children yeah. in their, um, their request to, to parents and adults to come and
1: provide for them. So, so just bringing that into the theme that Jesus seems to be unfolding about praying always, not losing heart. Um, it feels like, Almost sometimes uh, a contradiction that we should be bold like a child Mm. who is unswerving in their request of a parent. So bold like a child, but also, as we have just heard, humble. Mm. Whereas often we we associate being humble with weakness and, you know, a bit weedy or wimpy or something like that. But essentially, if the heart is humble, Mm. the heart is also to ask, sincerely with boldness for great things. And that's how we enter the kingdom. That's how the kingdom flows. Um, oh, that's good. So Paddy, three three characteristics that might help the English church, according to Jesus and according to Luke 18, become a praying church. What are those?
0: Uh, to, to pray with endurance, perseverance, patience, all those. Mm-hmm. So you said for three, and I just like did one of three <laughs> parts with hypers. No, endurance, w- w- humility. One part one. <laughs> one part two. One part three. <laughs> endurance, humility, and boldness yeah. is really what we see. Mm. Um, I think I, there's a... I can't remember the backstory of it. A man once came to visit us in our, in our church office, and he left this pillow with us, and it had embroidered on it this beautiful quote. But he said, there were, there are those that look at things the way they are and ask why. I dream of things that never were and ask why not. Mm. And I think that, kind um, of a quote from someone about a hundred years ago. Say that again, Paddy, repeat that. There are those that look at things the way they are and ask why. I dream of things that never were and ask why not. Mm. I think within our faith, is God who, who instills and deposits in us these dreams. And uh, when we pursue God Mm. uh, humbly and boldly, we get to Mm. look them in the eyes and say, why not?
1: Come on, come on. Let let me just wrap around, um, just as we bring this into land with this absolutely stunning story of this 20 year breakthrough. Um, And the lady from church who shared it, um, she said they have been praying for 20 years for one of the children to come back to the Lord. And as they began to release almost some of their um, themselves, hmm. that they, they spent a lot of time praying in tongues hmm. and the breakthrough came. So Lord, I just want to be, I, I want to see those 20 year breakthroughs. So teach us to pray, help us not to give up, keep us humble all the way exalting you and not ourselves, but may, let us be outrageous in faith. <laughs> To see those things that are not, and to say, Why not? Let them be so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Roots podcast. To connect with our community and to find other resources, visit chanctonbury.org.uk.